welcome back to Small Town Big Ministry with Luke and Molly. Hello. How's how how's it going, Molly? It's going great. Good. Which uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, being discouraged in ministry today, so I'm glad that things are going great right now. On this so this dreary, is rainy day, <laughs> it's a little discouraging. <laughs> so this is more of a historical <laughs> look at uh, dis- discouragement in ministry, not current. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're heading down to El Salvador in just a few weeks for um, a conference. We're going to do some uh, conferences with some men leaders, women leaders, and then uh, all together, all the church leaders, um, with some of the missionaries that we work with down there. And they actually asked for... Um, the topic to be about discouragement in mm-hmm. ministry. So um, we thought uh, this might be a good time to kind of talk about some of those things. And I know you've uh, been through some different seasons, so have I, um, in ministry. We've been in ministry long enough where uh, you have ups and downs and sure. um, discouraging seasons. Um, so, you know, as I was thinking through this, I thought, you know, there are different seasons where you get uh, discouraged, and then there's different reasons why uh, you get discouraged. And what we've discussed a lot together is um, one of the things that is, uh, I think, particular to ministry is there's a ministry mindset um, that I think if you have it, um, then you kind of understand some of those ups and downs mm-hmm. and, and uh, I don't know, situations that lead to discouragement. Sure. But if you don't have it, I mean, I think ministry can be pretty um, frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, can you describe a little bit what your thought is about what that ministry mindset is? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put into words when you are called to ministry. You're like, I don't know, it can be all-consuming, that can be a little discouraging <laughs> if mm-hmm. you're um, you're in it so much where you kind of almost lose your perspective. I mean, I just heard recently ministry will eat what you feed it, so balance is, like, super important. Um, when you have a calling, you're called to a specific ministry, you really want to see it be the best it can be, and you're willing to put in the work um, and the effort and the sacrifices to make it um, be amazing. And sometimes it's hard to, um, you know, you know, balance it out with other you know, responsibilities that you have and mm-hmm. relationships. And um, I just know even when we go on vacation or when we do take a few days off, it would, like we need the, to do that too because then that helps, you know, keep things in perspective. It gives you a little reprieve, a little break. and Right. Well, I mean, so we both come from ministry families. Um, and, and one of the benefits of that as, you know, um, called people in our own ministry life is that we, we saw it growing up. We kind of understood um, on a, I don't know, fundamental level what ministry really is. Um, we saw different examples of good and bad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, but, you know, I think it does help to train you to have a ministry mindset. So a ministry mindset to me um, it is that, you know, you, you come to church or whatever your ministry setting is, um, knowing that you're serving, that uh, what, what, what this is about 
is um, other people. Mm-hmm. That it's not about you. That it's it's really about honoring God and serving people and doing what you're called to do. You're you seek to be faithful in that. Mm-hmm. You leave the results to God. Um, you don't get to choose your, the amount of success that you have. Um, all you can do is um, is be faithful with the gifts that you've been given, the opportunities that you've been given, mm-hmm. um, and and try not to um, be too too. I don't know. I don't want to say expectant, but um, you don't want to complain about how you're doing. Like it, you're outward focused when you're um, in a ministry um, mindset that uh, you do need times to recover, which is kind of what the Sabbath is about, Mm -hmm. that you you come away from a ministry um, event or service, whatever you're you're doing, um, and you might be completely exhausted and you need to just recharge and get ready for the next time. Um, But the, the difference, you know, because we've had different seasons where we've worked with uh, people in ministry who, who don't have a ministry mindset. Um, and they tend to come into um, a, a ministry setting, program, uh, event, whatever it might be, um, with an idea that um, they should be being fed, um, not the ones feeding, or they should be served, not the ones serving. And a lot of times that'll happen when you're serving with volunteers in your ministry context who are coming in, um, they're trained by you or me or, you know, somebody else in the ministry program, um, but they don't really have a sense of real calling. So they give, you know, what they, they've been handed, you mm-hmm. know, you, you give them, and especially you, you're doing a lot of, um, prep work in children's mm-hmm. ministry, you're giving people a lesson and um, all the, the crafts and all the um, different elements of the program. Right. And they're, it, it's kind of a prepackaged deal. And they come in like they're going to serve and you have to have people serving um, or else you just can't do much. Right. Um, but they may not have the sense of calling to ministry. And so the amount of frustration they may have because it is exhausting Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't understand just how exhausting it is spiritually emotionally physically uh, to serve in a ministry context Mm -hmm. and as a called pastor um, that's your life that's what you're doing day in day out is you're pouring yourself out into other people Um, and so you have to find the recharge and in some other places and some other ways. Mm-hmm. That's why a personal devotional life and a prayer life is so vital mm-hmm. to avoiding uh, becoming discouraged. Um, and so um, when you do work with people that are um, who have the ministry mindset, it's like, I don't know, it's exponential amount of work that can get done, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference between the two. Sometimes you don't even realize um, what it is that people have to bring or where their heart really is. Because you can say, like, oh, yeah, I really want to do this and, and whatever. And it really just, like, once they get into it, you can really start to see where they're really at. I think some people come into 
serving uh, with, you know, good intentions, mm-hmm. but their heart, um, or it's just not a priority or their heart's not in it, or it's not what they thought it was going to be. Um, or they're not maybe willing to put the effort in that it might require, but, um, you know, we utilize both, mm-hmm. you know, the people who, uh, really just come in and it's like, wow, they're amazing. Like their hearts in it. They understand it's not about them. It's about God and really planting seeds of salvation in the kids and other people. I mean, there is a huge difference in just their attitude and, um, just the fruit of whatever they're doing. Yeah. It's easier to work with them too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, when I was in college and I'm sure this was similar for you when you were in college, but, um, there were a lot of uh, students, uh, who were training for ministry who I think for whatever reason they were encouraged or maybe they were almost prompted by somebody, um, to go into ministry because they thought it would be fun. Like they thought, mm. uh, and a lot of them wanted to be youth pastors and like, oh, that'd just be so cool to hang out with, you know, uh, students and play video games and just be their buddy and help them to know the Lord. And like, it would just be like this extended time of, uh, you know, uh, high school or adolescence. Like they would just do that until they got a little bit older and then maybe they would do, you know, a different kind of ministry. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think a lot of those people stuck with it uh, because what you find out very quickly in ministry is that it is hard work. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of um, energy expended in administration, um, counseling, and pouring into people that might not be receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working with volunteers and training people. Um, you're, you're, it's serious business. You got to do a lot of study. Um, you got to know what you're talking about. Um, and especially in youth ministry, um, what I found was they ask hard questions. I think kids ask hard questions. Mm -hmm. They ask questions that you're like, I don't know what (laughs) I got to go back and and study and look at that. Like you're asking me something that I've never thought of before. Mm -hmm. New Christians do that too. Sure. Um, they just ask questions that you're like, well, I don't know where, you know, I've never, cause we grew up in the church and I think sometimes you kind of get, um, maybe, used to the idea of, of how all this works. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes in with a fresh perspective or without, you know, knowing a lot. And they're like, they have questions that mm-hmm. you're just you know challenging you to really go back and study your Bible and figure out, you know, how do I answer this in a intelligent way? And, you know, it, it's just, it can be pretty exhausting. Um, and then if you're leading, which we're, we're leading mm-hmm. um, in ministry, it requires um, uh, uh, some things of us. It requires, and my perspective has always been that um, uh, my first job is to honor God and to know and understand what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can do that, um, then unity in the church will usually follow that. If we can get people centered on you know, devotion to Christ, then the particulars of how we do things and the particulars of what we do are generally going to fall into place. Um, But that's kind of a difficult, um, it's a difficult lifestyle because you're saying that you're not going to be a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a God pleaser. And therefore your relationships can be strained a little bit when 
we're not, you know, in agreement on what it is that we think God is saying or what mm-hmm. he wants to do uh, in our life. And so leadership um, kind of puts God, I mean, not kind of, it puts God ahead of people, right? which seems weird in ministry because you're like, well, um, you know, it's really about serving people. So, yeah, but I mean, I just think about some of the meetings I've had and <laughs> you throw a question out for opinions. You might, you know, you're in a room with five other people. You might get five other opinions or ideas or perspectives on what you should do. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of responsibility that we put on ourselves right. um, as leaders to like you, you and I are, we're pretty ambitious too. I don't think everybody goes into ministry or serving with very high standards. Sometimes it's just like, um, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, know? that I, should be good enough. You know, I, I think that for some people that does seem, you know, to be the case. And I, I think that part of the reason might be, uh, because, uh, depending on their training or their education, you know, like I, I feel like we were kind of trained almost to be people pleasers. Like you're going to go into this you know, job and you're going to figure out, you know, whatever church it is. Um, they kind of had this expectation that you're going to go serve a small church, that uh, they're, they were going to be your bosses. You're going to keep them happy. You're going to be their uh, chaplain, basically. Mm-hmm. You're going to just need to figure out what they want and do that. And um, that was kind of the perspective. And, and so part of it is almost that they undermine in, in education and training um, the, the effectiveness of ministry because you cannot please everybody. You can't, you, you're, there's no way. And so I think a lot of people just are scared to mess up. And so they don't try to lead. They really are following, Mm -hmm. um, which is, (laughs) I think a big problem for pastors, leaders, um, in the church. When I was, um, a very brand new youth pastor, I was just thinking how I've been doing this for over 20 years, my 20th anniversary of being called to ministry or my first vocational, you know, call, uh, was February of Mm. 01. And so it's been over 20 years Mm. since then. When I was a brand new youth pastor, I forget if it was the first mission trip we took. Um, and I don't know if you remember this at all. You weren't on this trip, Mm -hmm. but in Anadarko, um, we, we had a mission that we went to in Anadarko, Oklahoma. Um, and I took a group, um, down of kids, you, you, uh, high schoolers, and um, I had this um, weird thing happen. Okay, I'm pretty new in ministry. I'm like 20, what, five? Um, and I had this thing where one of the youth leaders' kids, uh, who's an adult, uh, came with her boyfriend to the mission and um, worked with us all day long. And, um, you know, we're just serving alongside of us what we were doing. And then that night, um, they wanted to stay, but they hadn't asked and they hadn't, you know, really approached anybody about, you know, permission to do Mm -hmm. anything. And um, one of the youth leaders was really uncomfortable with them staying the night. Mm -hmm. Like, here's these adult people who, yeah, they're related, but they're not on our trip. They're just kind of, I don't know, crashing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and, uh, so here I am, I'm, I'm put into this weird position where I have to make the decision. Right. Well... So one of the youth leaders doesn't like it. The other youth leader is the mom of these this mm-hmm. gr- girl and her boyfriend. Um, 
And, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I end up being the bad guy. I tell the girl and her boyfriend, they can't stay the night. They need to go, you know, wherever they, they were staying like an hour away or whatever it was. And I tell you, I mean, I got all kinds of backlash. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, I mean, I got it from every which direction. I mean, (laughs) I had the, the two, the couple as they're peeling away in their car or yelling at me out of the window, <laughs> like, oh, we're going to, you know, have to drive home late at night. And, and they were complaining. And then I had, um, the, there was a sister that was there and she came up to me and said she hated me. Oh my and, goodness. um, the, another kid, uh, was, uh, a kid of one of the other youth leaders said, how dare you throw my parents under the bus <laughs> for, you know, saying that they didn't, weren't comfortable with it. And, and then I think the next day, one of the students came up and said, hey, everybody thinks you're a big jerk, but, you know, I'm standing behind you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was rough. I mean, I was like, and I, if looking back on it now, I, w- I would have done something different <laughs> there. Um, but I'm trying to figure out what to do. And and uh, they're looking at me like, well, I'm the leader, so I have to make the decision. And I don't know. I mean, you had a kind of maybe not a similar situation, but you had similar kind of tension in your youth leaders mm-hmm. um, when you were a youth pastor um, that it makes it really hard to to work. Yeah, I mean, they do tell you, you know, we along with our training in seminary, they do say don't make big, um, when you're going into ministries, don't make these big changes and stuff. Really mm-hmm. focus on building relationships and building trust. And so relationships, um, the relationships you build and that trust is super important as a leader, but, um, it's almost something that has to be earned over time. And it's kind of a hit, you know, makes history with people Mm -hmm. too. Like, oh yeah, I can trust the, where they're going and their leadership. And even though this might seem a little weird or whatever, um, I can trust where their heart is and, Um, like coming straight into a youth ministry like that in the first few months, um, they, they don't know that yet. They don't have history with you yet, but I know even just this last couple years or even the last five years, you've had to make some super difficult decisions Mm -hmm. that were not necessarily popular, but I do feel like the, you know, most, you know, the bulk of the ministry, the people in our ministry, you know, came behind you because they trusted you, mm-hmm. you know, and where mm-hmm. your heart is, even though, you know, they didn't necessarily understand it because you don't always understand um, all the why to right. everything. And you can't like you can't always reveal all the <laughs> like this is why we're making these decisions because it's not always yours to share. And sometimes you uh, the information, you mm-hmm. know, behind the decision making and sometimes people, um, I think most people in our congregation, they've gotten, um, you know, behind you and like, okay, well, we trust you, even though we don't understand it. And then sometimes you have people who are like, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that I don't agree with that. Don't agree and, and very vocal about it. Yeah. And, and if you um, base your, I don't know, um, comfort or your excitement and ministry on um, popular, popularity, popularity, popular opinion. <laughs> Um, you're going to get very frustrated. I mean, I, I'll tell you the times I've come closest to wanting to quit um, have been when I've been most you know, criticized mm-hmm. uh, about things that 
Um, sometimes, I don't know if it's fair or not. Sometimes it's petty. Sometimes it's serious. Um, but even small things, you know, just when you get criticism and um, you're not appreciated and you're not respected for what you're doing. And I mean, we've been in, in this particular ministry for almost 15 years. So there's a high level of trust and um, character development that's happened over that time. And, you know, for the most part, you know, people do do um, respect and, and trust what you're doing. Don't always appreciate how much, you know, of, of your life that you've poured mm-hmm. into something. But, you know, the little nitpicky criticisms still just, they sting, they hurt, and it, it, it's very frustrating. Um, but... You know, the, the main thing that I come back to is that we're seeking to be faithful to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, therefore, that becomes the all-encompassing, um, I don't know, almost ethic, is that God, um, what what is your will? And, and we're here as long as you're going to call us here, and we're going to do what you're calling us to do. And sometimes we're going to be tired, and sometimes we're going to be frustrated, and sometimes we're not going to get the results that we want. But... We're going to keep doing what we've been called to do um, and let the Lord, you know, do what he's going to do. Well, and I think it's really important, you know, to anticipate the fact that you're going to have bad days or bad weeks or even projects or events or programs or services that didn't go the way that you wanted it to. Or mm-hmm. maybe you communicated up and down what you wanted to happen and, it just the volunteers or <laughs> whatever oh, yeah. they just didn't didn't quite do it the way you wanted to, and I just feel like um, it's it's like releasing the the control over to the Lord and just saying um, it's okay, it's in your hands, Lord, and to to be humble and teachable ourselves. And when you're dealing with volunteers, they're not getting paychecks, so mm-hmm. you have to be like super gracious and and you want people to be gracious with you because we make stupid mistakes too sometimes or. Or maybe we don't communicate as well as that we should, you know, or yeah. plan as well as we should. Or well, and that's the the key thing is that you're gracious uh, with people who are not called and or I don't want to say called, but trained or doing everything exactly the way you would want them to. Um, and but you also have to hold on to a level of excellence within ministry that you can't just. Well, you know, it's just going to be what it's going to be. So I guess we'll just kind of, you know, not not put a lot of effort into. It. I mean, we feel like that's a cop out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you have to build on um, build on these things. So, like, we just had a glow party a couple nights ago, and we were uh, making popcorn and things like that. And I'm always thinking after the fact, like, what could we have done to make that a little easier mm-hmm. uh, for the volunteers or a little easier to clean up or, or whatever, a little better. And so you're, it's like teachable. Like I had, we haven't arrived yet. And um, so I think that's important to mm-hmm. like, we're not finished either. You're always evaluating, yeah. learning and improving. And, and it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Well, and so, you know, what, do get to see over the course of 15 years is um, minor, you know, adjustments and mm-hmm. improvements over the course of time adding up to um, excellence and, and um, great advances. Yes. Well, I mean, we've seen things change, but it didn't happen overnight. You have to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have to be 
consistent and in progressively moving the ball down mm-hmm. down the field. And that's what we, you know, hope that people, you know, starting out in ministry will uh, understand, you know, there's a desire to see quick results. Um, and you can get pretty frustrated, I think, or discouraged in ministry if you don't see exactly what you want to see, you know, in one Sunday or one event or one program. Um, it's not about, you know, seeing the church explode overnight. It's really about seeing the church grow mm-hmm. um, and be healthy and develop over time. Right. And you got to be willing to commit to, you know, long term when right. you're doing that. And so uh, part of the, um, I don't know, ability to, to work through um, dis- discouragement, I think, is how do you recharge? How do you find that? strength and you know i've already said i i think a big part of that is personal relationship with god you have to have a deep devotional life you have to make sure you're staying personally connected um to the lord um the other thing is kind of the issue of like friendships um how do you manage friendships in the church or not um because there's a couple trains of thought on that um we we've landed on we believe um it's important to have friendships within mm-hmm. our ministry um well, and you it, can't help like um building friendships and connections with people when you're working alongside of them and that's why i think serving is so important in the church is if you're feeling disconnected from your church um well why don't you serve because you're you know in an area that you're passionate about or you think Maybe you're not passionate about it yet, but you're like, oh, that's important. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go and I'm going to serve there. And this is where I see connections are happening when you're serving with people. And I just, I find the people we're closest to are the people that we, who are passionate, um, as a passionate as we are, they think what we're doing is really important and they're trying to come alongside of us or encourage us. Right. Um, which is, I feel most connected to those people. Well, and then you're, it's kind of this weird um, situation or relationship where, um, your, your friendship, um, with people within the church is really vital to being the church. Like this is what it means to be part of the church body. And as leaders, we have to be part of the church body. You have to connect with people on a personal level. You have to be friends with them. You have to be authentic with them. Um, but here's the, the challenge is that when you are serving with a person in a uh, a program or an event or on a Sunday morning, whatever you know the situation may be, in those moments you're not able to be friend. Like I'm not saying you're not friends, but you can't be exclusive. You can't be. Um, yeah, what do you want to say? The focus isn't on the friendship. Focus is not on while, the friendship while you're serving on right. Sunday morning. You you got a lot of you're, other. You almost things. intentionally exclude those people because you have to focus on the whole church body right. or all the other people, the new people, the visitors, the kids you're serving, or, or your the, task at hand, or your yeah. task, whatever you're doing. And they, you know, if they don't have a ministry mindset. They don't understand they it. They might say, well, how come you're not, you know, talking to me right now when we're, you know, doing this this <laughs> ministry thing together? And it's like, well, I, I need to talk to that new person. I need to make sure that I'm not being uh, exclusive and, and we're not forming a clique, you know, right. while we're doing this. We right. can hang out later, 
And, you know, that we're still friends, but I have to make sure I'm connecting with, you know, the whole body. So, you know, this is where the ministry mindset kind of shifts for a lot of people because we are are understanding that uh, while we're in those ministry contexts, we're we're pouring out. Mm -hmm. Most people, they come to those ministry contexts to be poured into. Right. And so it's a very different perspective. I mean, you have, we have to actually intentionally go find a restoration mm-hmm. or, or filling in other ways from right. other contexts because we're not going to find work. it. Yeah. Yes. On Sunday morning, yeah. you know, where we're trying to charge people up spiritually to get ready for the week, we're depleted. Now we have to kind of go home and recharge and get ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very different. So the challenges of, you know, friendships within the church, you know, part of it is, is that, you know, understanding or, or lack of understanding that you're kind of dealing with. Um, and there's also the risk, you know, that you run that, um, a friendship may end or it may go badly, or they may disagree with the decision that you make and, um, they may want special treatment. And, and as a leader, you're not going to give them special treatment because you're friends and, and you certainly, cannot or should not give them special treatment because they're friends or else you've undermined your character and integrity within the ministry and what you're supposed to be doing. But, um, yeah. So it, it becomes kind of a, a difficult thing, which is why, um, for some people, and I've heard this a lot and I'm sure you have too, that, um, you shouldn't have close friendships within the church. You should find your friendships, um, from, you know, outside the church body, or those are the people you can really be yourself with or really connect with or um, let your hair down with or, or whatever, you know, <laughs> the case may be. I don't have hair, but, um, you know, you, and I've always found that to be um, problematic. Um, but I can see why people would say that because it's bad enough when um, you and a friend, you know, go separate directions and a friendship is severed. But when you're friends with someone in your church and your fr- and maybe your friendship is done, mm-hmm. then they could potentially be finished at your church it, as well. Yeah. And if they're not finished at your church, it makes it super awkward. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> now you're trying to, like in my case, you know, I'm trying to preach. Uh, on a Sunday morning, and I, I got this person in the, you know, third row who's looking at me with, you know, daggers in their eyes, and I'm, you know, and uh, can be super difficult to, like, okay, I got to proclaim the word, no yeah, matter. you can't focus on this. No matter what, yeah. no matter who's there, no matter right. what I think, and, I, and trying to put out of your mind everybody's, you know, opinion about you mm-hmm. in that moment, and really right. focus on God. It's a, it's a challenge, um, leadership in the church is is a very challenging um, life to live, and it um, can it can be depleting. That's why I think it's so important to make sure you have the margin um, that you're really being intentional about keeping God your relationship with God. That central focus is so important, but that you're finding fun too. And I think that's mm-hmm. hard. That's been hard, I think, for us too, because. We think ministry is fun. Like we're like super passionate about what we're doing and we're trying, well, some parts of it anyway. And we're trying to like, it can be all consuming, but we need to back up and we need to make sure we have Mm non-ministry related um, enjoyment um, and connections too. And and not to take ourselves so seriously. I think we put uh, more pressure on ourselves than most people do. 
Yeah, which, I mean, people will tell me, you know, oh, you're too hard on yourself. And I don't know how to get around that. I mean, it, I think in some ways, yeah, I need to relax a little bit. But on the other hand, it pushes me to want to do better and to make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do and to evaluate and to improve. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily all bad, but I could run myself into the ground trying to, you know, uh, beat myself up over, I should have done this and I should have said that and I shouldn't yeah. have said this. Um, but you got to find what is, you know, um, encouraging and what is lifting you up and what is helping you. Um, and, and I think for us, I mean, COVID, this whole thing in the last two years has been kind of frustrating, not just for us, but I think for probably almost everyone, mm-hmm. um, because people are not in their normal routines. We're isolated from each other. We're almost told like you can't, you know, have these um, connections. You can't go to people's houses. You need to stay away. And you're being a, almost, it's you're being a bad person if you do choose to connect with people mm-hmm. in a larger setting or with your friends. Right. And, and that's, I mean, it, it, but what's happening in that is I think people are um, subconsciously, um, maybe not even realizing this, but they're, they're disconnected and they're isolated and they're not finding a lot of purpose and joy in life. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming very discouraging as a whole. You know, the normal, you know, just conversations that you would have are, you know, you're not able to have. I mean, mm-hmm. this last couple of years, um, you know, when I've had uh, funeral services for people, um, you know, it's changed a lot. We've we've only had a few uh, fairly normal mm-hmm. um, services, and, and most of them have been um, very, very limited uh, or graveside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't even get the normal connection with people that, that you need. Right. Um, and so understanding that, you know, with ministry, COVID really did kind of push us to do online services, to try to connect with people at a farther distance. So I know you were doing a lot of um, take home things or you mm-hmm. put together bags and, and different activities for kids and you'd take them around. Um, but even that, I mean, as, as good as all those things are, it's not the same as that connection that you have in the daily um, relationship that we need. And, and so in ministry, um, you know, what happens is that this is kind of what ministry life tends to be um, on a regular basis. That you, while everybody else is connecting in a worship service or an event or a program, you're leading. And uh, you might connect on a, a little bit uh, on some level, but you're, you're not really able to relax mm-hmm. and just enjoy the friendships or in the ra- mm-hmm. relationships. You're there to lead and make sure things are going well. You might have to step in and solve a problem. Um, and so, it, you know, the ministry life uh, can be discouraging if you don't find that balance between how you're serving, um, getting the rest you need, finding outlets that are fun. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to travel. I think the last couple of years have been a little discouraging because that's been very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, we've still found ways to do that. Um, and I think that kind of brings some, some joy to our lives, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that family is a priority so that we're not just pouring ourselves into ministry and neglecting our family. Oh, no, you have to pour yourself, you pour yourself, you have to put your family first. You want to be 
um, serving everybody else and ignoring your family, um, like that passing down your legacy of faith to your kids is so important that needs to, that, that needs to be a priority. Mm-hmm. I, I, and a shame, you know, it is that for, for a lot of people, they end up, um, neglecting mm-hmm. their own kids, spiritual development in, in, uh, favor of, you know, trying to pour into, you know, strangers or, uh, you know, church body people, which, you know, we obviously that's our calling to mm-hmm. pour into them, but to, to neglect your family, uh, as a result, I think is, uh, one of the biggest tragedies, uh, that you could ever have in your life as a pastor. I mean, you, you have kids that you want to make sure they know the Lord. Right. And that's so. a hard balance too. Um, but you know, like going back to, uh, like you're at an event or something that you've put in all these hours behind the scenes trying to develop and pull your volunteers and everything on. And, um, like, I almost come to some of these events, like, already, like, (laughs) exhausted. (laughs) And then it's like, I have to just totally, like, okay, you're on. A whole new level. yeah, Yeah. And so by the time I'm finished with it, I'm just like almost like depleted, um, Mm -hmm. just exhausted. And some of my loneliest moments, which can be discouraging, is when everybody else is popping into these events is one one of the things that they're doing. They're like going, you know, like I think about Easter. Easter and Christmas is so busy for us, and we're doing um, things to try to connect other people and point them to Jesus and stuff. And we have some fun stuff going on, but it's like super busy for us and where everybody else is looking for ways to connect and ways to come together. You know, we're trying to squeeze that stuff in because we're Mm -hmm. like, it's all ministry. And then, um, I sometimes on social media, I'll see pictures of all the other fun things people are doing because they're not depleted. Right. <laughs> you know, they, you know, not, I mean, the, the non leaders, the ones who are just kind of mm-hmm. arriving and enjoying these things. Um, and that can be kind of lonely for me. Sure. Um, well, yeah. and you and I are, um, introverts, um, by my nature. So, um, we tend to be exhausted by, um, the, the things that we do in ministry because it requires us to, um, put on our, our extroverted personalities mm-hmm. during those times and events. Um, and by the time they're over, we're just, we have nothing left. We have to go and recharge where I think some people in ministry, um, who are extroverted, they are charged up, you know, when, after an event, they, they've, you know, been able to, um, be around people well, and we get know, excited. Yeah, we know people like this, and it's so weird to me. Like, um, you just did this huge thing, and now it's not not even 12 hours later, and you're doing this other, like, just spontaneous thing. You're mm-hmm. just doing it because you want to, and they don't seem exhausted at all. Yeah, whereas <laughs> we need, like, a week to yeah. recover. <laughs> we like to plan some, you know, a few days after these big things to kind of just take a little mm-hmm. break. And pacing ourselves, I think, is a big part of how this works. You know, I, I look at the schedule and I, I see how um, the calendars is looking and I'm like, okay, we can fit this in um, because it's not the same month as this other big thing. Like I wouldn't plan two big things in the same month if I had a choice. Um, you know, I, I like to make sure that I have enough time to recover from one thing to the next to plan. Cause it takes a lot of energy 
um, to plan. Like, you know, one of the things I um, help plan is our Men's Rooted Conference. And then um, within the, about a month, we do Praise in the Park. Well, those are two big events that require a lot of time and attention, and they're stressful. And then, you know, during the event, I'm like very much on mm-hmm. the scene, making sure everything's going well. And I like to put those two things back to back, like even within a week of each other mm-hmm. would be insane. I can't imagine doing that. So pacing yourself, finding rest, um, enjoying the relationships that you have um, with friends, uh, making sure you're pouring into your family time. Um, and, and I would say last thing, um, marriage um, if, if you are mm-hmm. a married person, um, ministry requires, uh, and this is maybe my personal, I don't know. Um, this is my, um, big thing. <laughs> what do they call that? You're, um, on a soap box. Okay. okay. Wow. Thanks like, for your help. Mal. <laughs> I'm so I sorry. I'm like, where are you going you know, with I'm, this? This is my soapbox. <laughs> Okay, so um, anyway, that uh, in ministry, you have to make sure your marriage is healthy. Mm -hmm. Like that, it's it's like number one requirement or or number two after your relationship with God, that your marriage is healthy, that you're connecting with your spouse, that 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 is a a, a beneficial relationship in your life um, because ministry is too... um, important and exhausting and you're too much of a target um, that if your marriage isn't on the right track I mean you're you're in big big trouble mm-hmm. um, and, and beyond that I think there are you know other reasons of um, making sure that you're a good example to people mm-hmm. um, and all those things but uh, I, I mean I don't know you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's not just your marriage, but just your home life with your family, too. That is kind of one of the good things about being introverted. We we have two girls. Our home is really kind of a quiet, mm-hmm. safe haven, you know, yeah. that we retreat into. And over the last couple years, that's been kind of a pro. Uh, you know, one of the the nice things that have kind of resulted is everything shutting down is we've got to spend a lot of time with our girls and um, just hanging out with them and developing um, just kind of a stronger relationship with them and with each other as well. Um, Whereas I think sometimes people are so like sometimes my extroverted friends, they just can't wait to get away from the house. They're looking Mm -hmm. for like the next big thing. And they're so distracted that they it's easier for them to to maybe neglect, even though that's not their intention, those relationships that they should be um, keeping really close. So I just feel like, you know, marriage wise, just really communicating with one another and talking to each other and being respectful and not doing things to our spouse um, that we wouldn't want for them to do to us. So being like r- respectful and, 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 and having boundaries. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that we're not always, we're not giving away our time that is supposed to be with our family and our spouse for the sake of ministry. Um, and then they feel like they're second, mm-hmm. you know, that you're putting your family and your marriage first. And sometimes you have to work out some of these details with them. Like, Hey, I have a really difficult decision to make. I'm supposed to do this with you, but I also think I should do this. And maybe, even work on those solutions together, which we've had to do oh, yeah. in the course of our ministry. Now that our kids are a little older, they're teenagers, 
we have to work this out with them too, you know. Um, and I tell the girls like, hey, this is going to be a really busy week for me. I just want you to know that, you know, and I'm not going to be as home as much or emotionally, <laughs> like just emotionally, um, you know, available as much just so you know. So if you need something, you need to like tell me, you know, that communication is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, for us, I, I think, our home is our sanctuary. Um, And this is probably different for so many different people. Um, We don't have a lot of ministry things that we do in our home. Our home is kind of a place for us to go back and recharge. Um, We, we tend to do all of our ministry outside Mm -hmm. of, of that, you know, um, we'll go to other people's houses and we'll go, you know, and do a lot of things in the church and out in the community. But Mm -hmm. Our home tends to be kind of our sanctuary, um, and that's okay. I think people have to figure out, you know, where do they find, you know, peace and strength, and and uh, where do they find recovery, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that those things are, I don't know, protected, yeah, you know, or planned or scheduled. Like they're going to make sure that they have the time they need um, to get that encouragement because ministry. Um, will take everything that you feed it, like you said. Yeah. And so you got to make sure that you're you're being fed. Just like meantime. just staying. I know we probably want to wrap this up, but just like our health is important too. Mm-hmm. And I know um, exercise is important. I know a lot of people don't like to exercise. It takes time and effort and energy, and it's not enjoyable for some people. But it is it's important for us to be healthy and make sure that we're doing the things we need to do to have healthy bodies. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times that that's a good, when I'm exercising, that kind of helps me get out my angst and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the word is. I'm losing. We're at the end of the week. My, my brain is not operating. Um, you're, you're trying to find another word for angst. Well, no, just like oh. you're, you're trying to get out of that, that that energy, that negative energy, and mm-hmm. it helps kind of even you out a little more. Yeah. I mean, exercise, um, just living more or less a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, your physical body, I mean, is going to follow um, or going to lead your your emotions, your mind, mm-hmm. your spirit. Um, if you're physically feeling bad, you're, you're going to feel that in every other way, too. So. Right. Um, we're not crazy health nuts, but I mean, we try to do, you know, um, exercise and eat right and, and, and get goals. sleep and all yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, and all of that helps to, um, prevent being burned out, mm-hmm. which is really the, the whole issue is that in ministry, um, what you see is people don't last. They get burned out. Mm-hmm. They get frustrated. They get discouraged. They get burned out and they leave. Uh, they leave churches. They go from one church to another, um, looking for the greener pastures. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that, I think, can be um, av- avoided um, if you're healthy. Mm-hmm. If you're healthy in your marriage, healthy in your body, healthy in your relationships within the church, and you have a healthy understanding of what ministry really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully uh, those things can help and encourage um, you as you're listening uh, we appreciate you following along with this as we uh, just talk about uh, all the things that uh, God has led us to. Um, and uh, anything else, Molly, you need to wrap it up? Nope, we'll see you next time. Okay.
Well, thanks for joining us. We'll yeah. see you uh, whenever we see you. <laughs>